Welcome, kings and queens, to One Sick B. I am your host, One Sick B. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at them without warning, but refuses to carry the spirit of broken. So today, I'm blessed with somebody I ran across on Instagram, random, but her inspiration and her motivation, her beauty, uh, her dimples, actually, and uh, the words that she was saying and to find out that she was a Crohn's which is an autoimmune disease that we're going to talk about today, was a little small piece of it, but she's a drug addiction counselor. She also has her own podcast along with somebody else about Crohn's disease. So she's been through it and she's a queen and she's surviving. And so today I want to talk to her and her name is Renika. So hello and welcome, Miss Renika. How are you today, queen? (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excellent, highly favorite, sunny, shining, so I feel good today. That is amazing. So how have you been during this COVID season? Everybody has had different good things, bad things. How have you been? Because, you know, especially with Crohn's and everything that's going on. So, and you also being a drug addiction counselor. How has that been? Because I'm telling you, everybody, some people, you need drugs to get through this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? Look, put on the table, like, you. I, I, listen, I know all about the struggle. Trust me in regards to what's going on in the world. Um. I do have autoimmune disease. I, I do have Crohn's disease. And during the course of, of COVID, I have been pretty much doing like a lot of just self-evaluating. It'd be one year on March 25th that I've been working at home virtually. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's that's a blessing. It's a yes. blessing. However, you know, just being in your own space every day on the computer working and just not having a lot of interaction outside world. Everything is done through WebEx, Zoom, and um, Google Meet, Google Hangup. I mean, Hangout. So I've been really adjusting, but at times I feel like I have to get out, get some fresh air, and change up the scenery. During COVID, it has really put us in a position to really focus on self a lot, and it has really caused a lot of people to really think about their life and more about life reevaluating, what I want to do. There have been so many positive things that came out of COVID outside of the negative. People have started producing podcasts. People have started going on making their own little small businesses on social media. People became uh, content creators. I mean, you name it, money's being flown out. And in regards to me being an addiction therapist, it's hard. Because when you're in addiction, are you going through a uh, pandemic like COVID? It causes people to, at times, panic. And I have a lot of the outside resources, so it can become overwhelming. So, but... I'm just trying to take it one day at a time, trying to save a life each day I can. Yeah, that's a blessing uh, for you to step forward and to be able to talk to people and communicate and yes. to uh, inspire them and still with the addiction to be able to calm them into your own space, to be comfortable, and then to be able to close it down and be able to have self-time to evaluate your own self is amazing. So Thank I appreciate you. that you, you know, you actually in your own time, you're helping everybody else out. So let's talk about, number one, I want to talk about how did you become a drug addiction counselor? I have a undergrad degree from North Carolina A&T, Aggie Pride. All right. You know, Aggie Pride, Aggie Pride, 336. Okay. I I, I obtained my master's at the same university, and I got a master's in rehab counseling. And I'm looking like, I do not want to do a rehab counseling. I'm not trying to be uh, fascinated. Going to my internship, I was like dreading it. I was doing other stuff like going to Walmart and shopping with clients, which is cool, but I didn't have a lot of fulfillment in doing that. So I had a very, very, very special man in my life 
who's my mentor, Dr. Thomas in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. He took me under his wing. Him and his wife took me under his wing. And he said, um, he called me, he called me Sonia. Sonia, he said, there are a lot of good things I see in you. He said, have you considered being addiction therapist? I was like, I'm not doing no addiction therapist. Well, I look like being an addiction therapist. I have people in my family who have addiction. I can't even help them out. <laughs> and he was like, mm, tell me more about that. I was like, you got to give me a therapy session with a, on a <laughs> phone call? So he gave me the encouragement and my confidence, my lack of confidence came from me having people that I love in my life and cared about that were substance users that I feel like, how can I be a therapist to a person I don't know if I can't even help the ones that I do know? So things transpired. I went back to school, uh, worked with him, interned, and one of my loved ones had a mini stroke due to the results of a substance-related incident. And I was the one to go in and intervene. And I got that person in treatment for 90 days. I mean, I'm sorry, 14 days initially, and then got him to a program for 90 days and moved him in my house with me. The same mm. time I was in school, and I said, God, you know, if you give me the opportunity to help this person, then I promise you I would not do anything less than of me mm. and my profession of addiction to help somebody else's mama, somebody else's daddy, somebody else's sister, brother, or cousin. And that is what molded me and gave me my confidence to become an addiction therapist. So this is my passion and it was my purpose. Yes, I love it. I love how everything came together, and I love that. Even in the midst of everything, you still put your somebody else and put yourself second in your family yes. to bring them into your home. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing thing, especially when somebody has addiction, because you don't know how people react and what they're going to do and things. And I know I'm paranoid. So everything he would have did or he she would have did, I would have been like, hold on, let me watch this. Let me see. Well, where are you going? What you doing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. today also, Crohn's is an autoimmune disease um, and it is, it is inflammatory, and right? Intestine, inflammatory intestine disease, correct? That's correct. So when were you diagnosed and can you tell me about that journey and how that started and how, what does that affect on your daily, your daily basis? Ooh, where do we start? Do you have enough time to do this today? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Let's get on free. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so Crohn's is an autoimmune disease that affects your uh, GI tract, which stands for gastrointestinal tract, from your mouth to your anus. Um, any area of that body can be affected. You also have extra intestinal manifestations of your eyes, your joints, other type of body parts that you may be a little more comfortable sharing about. People maybe go through those kind of things. So 2011, 11, I had a stomach ache and I was kept passing like, um, I had like diarrhea for like a week. And I was like, what in the world? I got a stomach bug. And I found myself becoming very lethargic and I felt myself becoming very light. I was weak. So I went to my primary doctor and she said that my blood was low. That I may have gotten a blood transfusion. I was like, for what? Wait a minute. Where are you going to? The, wait a minute now. Mind you, at the time, I was about like, I think 27 years old. See, you know, A&T, Greensboro, my little fun days, parting days in school, you know. So she said, well, Miss Wood, we need to give you a colonoscopy to see what's going on and why is your blood so low? And when they did that scope, they found that I was passing blood microscopically through my my um, anal cavity, through my bowels. That my I think my colon had I had lacerations and ulcers in my in my um, the lower part of my sigmoid colon at the very bottom part of your anal area. And that's how they first diagnosed me with a disease called ulcerative colitis. So for five years, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which stands for UC 
which, which really affects different parts of the colon, more so than the ileum in your body. And all the medication I was taking, it was like nothing was working for me. I was became uh, sicker, if you can say the words, did that make sense? I became sicker. I became more withdrawn, isolated, but I kept going through the motion and saying, you know what, tomorrow be better. And it wasn't to me being hospitalized about two or three times to get a actual diagnosis. Notice me having Crohn's disease that happened in 2000 and I think 15. So I think I had UC for five years and transformed into Crohn's disease. So now I have a full diagnosis of Crohn's that has been in effect since 2015. And wow. when I tell you, I have been through the ringers. Crohn's is one of those things to where it's invisible. Like yes. it can appear to be like, Hey y'all, what's going on? What's invisible good? Yeah. I definitely yeah. understand that. Yeah, exactly. And then the, the next minute you like, you know what? I can't even get up. I can't even go to the bathroom. My stomach is hurting so bad. So I've had several hospitalizations. I've had several, several different types of surgeries. Um, I'm actually in the process now of going through um, eval on Wednesday to see if another surgery needs to be had for me. So I'm very optimistic. Um, I have learned a lot about myself in the process. I am patient. I have learned that as long as one of my uh, podcast members, I mean, came on the show and, and she said, as long as your mind is healthy, your body will follow. So yeah. I have a great healthy mentality. So my body will follow. So right now I'm in remission, but it does affect affect you a lot emotionally. Yes, I definitely understand that. I, I, I very much get the mental because um I, sometimes I, I will ask myself if I'm in denial, but I, I know I have MS, but at times you keep your mentality where I'm normal. There's nothing going on. There's nothing yeah. wrong with me. I'm just like you. I can do everything. And then boom, and you're like, dang, I did yeah. remember. Oh, something is wrong. <laughs> I might, yeah. okay, something might be wrong with me. Let me slow down. Something might I'm be wrong. <laughs> But yeah, but that's basically you're right. You want to be a part of everything that's going on. And when people be like, well, you were just outside walking. I'm like, yeah, but the day I'm inside, I don't feel, I feel, feel good. And just having that, I don't want to call it insecurity, but it does and it yes. can play on your self-esteem. Yes. Your confidence if you're not careful. Um, I've had peers where my friends would call me and they were like, we going out somewhere. I'm like, okay, well, I got to do this, do this or whatever. And I was like, you're not going? I was like, no, nah, I'm not going. Not because I, I didn't want to, I just couldn't. Yes. My body wouldn't allow me to at yes. that time. Um, now I'm in remission, thank God. Thank God. I'm crazy for that. I had to have a, I don't mind sharing the podcast, I had to have a surgery. I have I had an ostomy surgery. So I do have a colostomy on my left hand, left hand side that okay. allows me to be able to release my bowels into a okay. small, small pocket okay. so that my body can be relieved from pressure okay. in my anal yes. area. But yes. that will be, it can be reversed. I just need okay. to get some healing done. But okay. I don't think I want to get it reversed right now because I'm doing so well. And my doctors are just saying that. just want to stay it. just the way it is. <laughs> what is I, 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 I said, you say, hey, I'll take this little bag so I can continue on with my day. Yeah. Yes. So my doctor told me, yeah, yes. she said like, reversal did. It might go back 10 times worse than it was before I had it. So yes. I'm gonna say, you know what? Let's keep it where it is now. I can eat, I can walk, I can go out, I can I can dance, I can sit yes. here, do nothing. Do everything. Yes. Yes. Um, my now, has that affected any improved. type of relationships, either with your friends, a spouse, or uh, I'm not sure you don't have children, correct? All right. No, I don't okay. have no children. Okay. So you talking about just having Crohn's in general or just having Crohn's? Fires having Crohn's and 
with us, we always are at the doctor. We're always, um, we might be sick one day we're good. The next day we're not good. Uh, so having a relationship with somebody, how has that affected? Because I was blessed with the relationship. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, everybody has different situations where, you know, hey, I'm meeting this person, I'm dating. And when you have autoimmune disease, I can't imagine to be single. Yes. So I am single with the autoimmune disease. And me being single, I have boyfriends and everything to the point of me having the autoimmune disease. Um, it never interfered with anything in regards to that because they have been very understanding in the situation. Okay. It's just that me, I was the one that would block how much I share or would block how much I indulge or would block how much I complain or would block how much I show them in, in pain. And I feel like at times I was not allowing me to be authentic because I was afraid of the word compassion fatigue, where you always sick. Oh, you're always at a doctor. Yep. You're always yep. getting blood work. You're always yep. tired. Always, always. I'm like, okay. So I had to learn how to say, you know what? I can handle this. I can do this. And the right person that want to be a part of the situation would accept and receive it. And we can proceed together. Yes. So that's where I am. But yeah, um, my friends are very supportive. My mom, my family is very supportive. My sisters are very supportive. Yeah, but I'm very independent. I don't really. I like that. Right. Being a therapist, you like, well, you always have it. My, listen, I'm independent, but I feel like I don't like to include anybody if I can do it on my own, I do it on my own. Yes. And I love that because I'm the same way. I yeah. try your hardest to not, you don't want anybody else to not even necessarily say or nothing else to do. It's just, I need to do this for me. I can do it. I can, they say you can do all things through Christ. And but and, and with being me, it's I can do all things through myself. I, whatever I can do, I can, I'll figure it out. Right, you know, right. Ultimate length before you have to include somebody or, Especially, like you said, when you're not feeling good, you don't want to, I'm, I'm more or less the person I can sit on the phone. You won't know anything's wrong. I'll get off the phone mm -hmm. and be in pain. But that's because, like I said, here at One Sick B, I didn't include, we don't cry, we thrive, and we don't whine, we whine. I love it. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. Yeah. yeah. So that is my mentality, okay? I love it. I love it. I love it. You yeah. know, I, I love it. You know, the, the independence also comes from, I mentioned earlier about the word compassion fatigue. Yeah. When someone, you like just, you know, you go to somebody's house and you're like, well, you ain't ready. You're not ready to go home. You're not ready to like go home. <laughs> you're not ready to stop calling me. You're not ready to just call somebody else. Are you sick now? You're not ready for that. Like, okay. You know, let me just do my stuff. The only thing I have a challenge with is that when I have procedures, I have to have like a person drive me there. That freaks me out because my I'm here by myself. My family is not here, like an hour and a half away from me. Okay. So my coworkers have been very supportive in that aspect. So I'm still, I still get things done, get it wrong, because I make a way. Oh, oh yeah, make a way out of no way. Yeah. yeah. And your personality, <laughs> your personality right there is just, it says it all. It says it all from the beginning. I told you, just it being on the internet and looking through your page, I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I see. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Let me step out on faith and introduce myself in uh, yeah. like I did a presentation on my platform and you know because you got to see if people vibe and I loved your I love vibe. It. Thank you. Thank you yes. so much. I really appreciate it. That is you're fine. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> is there any advice you would give anybody as far as strength measures or the, the the counselor part and the personal part far as you know mentally because we go through this so how do do you have any advice of how we mentally <clears throat> the mental challenges? I do. The advice I have for individuals that have an autoimmune disease that's of, of any sort, 
is try to figure out your capabilities. When we give the disease too much power, it overcomes you as an individual. And the only thing you focus on is our disease. Find out what other things do you have to share or provide your life outside of you having a diagnosis of a disease. You are an awesome person. Oh, I like to paint. Oh, I like to write. I journal. I draw. Find your other strengths and thrive on those strengths because those are the things that you, that you, that you really can use as coping strategies when you're going through those type of flares or whatnot. Use those tools to help you along the way. And mental health-wise, Focusing on things out of your control will keep you out of control because you can't control things out of your control. Yeah. Learn how to go yeah. through the process of what's yes. going on yes. is going to assist you. Yes. Now, right. The hard part about going through the process is accepting the process. And I had to learn that myself because I was so resistant. I was so, I'm going to say it again, resistant. <laughs> and a lot of the medical the medical yeah. mainstream get my doctor's name. I was like, I'm not doing that. But once I surrendered and did my own research and felt more comfortable, then I was able to share. And also being an advocate for yourself is very important because nobody can tell you how you feel. Yes. You definitely have to speak up because they will, you have to, especially being a minority, you need to speak up because our body tends to be operate a little bit different than other people with other cultures. And we, our body tends to take certain autoimmune diseases harder. And when you said uh, stuff out of your control, I love that you said that because I created a post and it's called Fearless Living. And it says, Mm. uh, live fearless and unapologetically for things that are out of your control. Yes, I love it. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I I love me some some good quotes. You mentioned about being a minority. Um, Crohn's disease is one of those things that when I first got diagnosed, it was not allowed to talk about it. Now there is a community of black and brown people that has came about to share their stories and testimonies. Yes. When I first got my UC diagnosis, my doctor told me out of her mouth, I don't know the doctor, I know practitioner, she said, Miss Wood, um, you have uh, ulcerative colitis. You cannot eat lettuce anymore. You can't eat chocolate anymore. You can't drink sodas or any carbonated drinks. He gave me a little paper. You have a good day. You get a medication. Mm. No education, no support groups. I definitely nothing. understand that because I remember getting diagnosed at 17 and my doctor came in the room and he said, Oh, you have multiple sclerosis. We're gonna put you on uh we're gonna put you on some steroids and you'll be okay, okay? Excuse me? Right. Well, I said, What what the heck? Don't worry about it. Let me call my mama. Uh, right. uh they just said I I got multiple sclerosis. You know what this is? She was like, Oh, I'm on my way. Oh, you on your way? But nobody told me what it was. Right. You know, I mean, she broke it down and she told me, but he just said, you have multiple sclerosis. You didn't, he didn't. Casually. hmm Casually. He said, it probably said it casually. I mean, yeah, it, it felt like it was saying, oh, you have a mild, you have a mild cold. He was yeah. like, oh, yeah, you have multiple sclerosis and you're going to, you'll be okay. I'm going to get you on these steroids. Then come to find out it's major. Yes, it's major. It's a chronic disease like this. And I'm going to be honest, this year we're going through, this is my 20th year. And I think I just finally said, wait a minute, it is a chronic disease. Cause I was never a person to just say, yeah, this is a, you know, it's a ma- it's a chronic disease. I used to be like, oh, it's just MS. I'm like, it's a problem. Okay. But you know, but it is a chronic. And now that I see chronic autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That, that, it breaks my heart because of, oh. of the, 
Yeah, because there's so much disconnect between medical providers and giving persons diagnoses and not educating them or giving them proper resources or proper cognitive care after they're gone. After. Think about they this. should offer counseling right away. You have this disease. Would you? I would like for you to go to counseling so you can somebody can explain. You know, you can sit there and say how you feel, or because exactly. you don't know how you feel. Exactly, and it makes you feel like, well, what about me? What in the world? I wrote something recently, and when I was was re, was re, um visiting my thoughts, I remember my nurse telling me, oh, who was she? Well, I forgot who she was. She says a lot of. Black people, or well, African people, do not have Crohn's, so there's not a lot of research in regards to African Americans and Crohn's. This was in 2000 and what, ten years ago, eleven years ago, and I was like, "Wow, this is." I so am I by myself? I feel isolated. I feel unheard. I feel like I didn't have a voice because I didn't know what questions to ask, who to ask them to, yeah. no one to identify with, yes. no one to sit with, no yes. one to sit with. Then it took me. Becoming confident in myself. And oh, this is the last past two years. Last past two years to develop my page called Crohn's and Sexy. Wait, oh, sorry, a year on that page uh, before that was on my own personal page. And I said, let me see what's out here. I mm -hmm. put in a hashtag Crohn's. I start seeing, okay, there's a black girl, she had Crohn's. Wait, wait, oh, yeah, Crohn's. I said, people act like me. I yeah. was fascinated. And for yeah. you know, I got this Crohn's community. I met, my, I met the founder of Crohn's Veteran, which is Jordan. Yeah. DJ, you know, Dina. Now I'm I'm a, a part of I'm an ambassador for the um, color of Crohn's and chronic illnesses um, by good. the founder Melda Blackwell. You know, so there are people out here that look like us that have this. So don't be afraid to ask for help because we're out here. Yeah, Come find us. Yes, it's hard. This it, yeah, it's hard, and that's why I said again the definition of one sick B is a strong individual that faces unimaginable. You didn't imagine that you were going to feel like that. Mm -hmm. Undeniable. You couldn't deny it because of just the health things and the surgeries. So it's there on face front and courageous battles that life throws at you, which you, Renika, are a one sick B. Thank you. Life throws at you without warning because you don't know when it's going to hit you. You just <laughs> hit you and you just keep on thriving. But you refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness and you don't carry the spirit of brokenness. You have been inspiration. You're starting with color, uh, with color and back. You're an ambassador. You're a yeah. drug rehabilitation counselor. You are amazing. And that is why I, one sick B, want to certify you one sick B, my queen. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You are welcome and you are dope. So today I would like to thank you and I would like to thank Renika for joining me on One Sick B podcast. Thank you, love. This has been awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. And th yes, I appreciate it. Uh, pretending to be okay, fighting in every way Everybody see you hurting, don't nobody feel your pain You feel like you might not make it to go see another day Just keep fighting anyway, I got power to make change If you're in this predicament and you're listening God gives his hardest missions to the one he knows is fit for it No matter about the reason and no matter about the innocent Just know that you'll be great and you'll keep fighting till you finish this And you ain't never finished